Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Is there anything better? Seriously, it's cold outside. You're miserable. You got five more months of winter. Here we go. But you go, hey. It's Sunday football, Mike. You have lived in different areas of the country, obviously, in your football tenure. But I've always been either in Canada or on the East Coast. So I just love the fact that you can just cozy up with a nice blanket and you can watch Lambeau Field in the snow. Like, to me, this is when football is at its best. Uh, crazy game specifically with Carolina Green Bay. But honestly, this was bizarre world all over the place. We had a lot of weird games. Just first and foremost, that feeling of football in November, isn't it special? It really is. And the best part is you go outside, you smell like the wood-burning fireplaces. You can smell the firewood burning. It's like the greatest smell of all. You know, you see that little snowflakes coming down and people don't care. They drink beer in the cold weather. It doesn't bother them. You know, the smell of Brockwurst is incredible in Green Bay. I love the people that charge to park on their lawn. You know, 25 bucks park here. Who cares, right? So, no, there's nothing better than that. There really isn't. It's just, and, and you know, it gets dark at five o'clock, so you're kind of comfortable. It's like soup weather. You know, it's like, I know soup's not a meal, but like it's soup weather, right? Exactly. You got no reason to go anywhere. You don't want to go anywhere. I'm just going to park myself in front of the couch, have some hot chocolate, some soup, and away we go. Of all the games today, certainly Green Bay and Carolina was a ton of fun. It comes down to a goal line stand as Christian McCaffrey, who is in, in the mix, I think, for the MVP conversation. He gets stuffed by Green Bay's defense. And this is all about running games here, Mike. This is Green Bay's run defense stopping McCaffrey and a relatively quiet 108 yards and a touchdown on 20 carries for the Panthers. Meantime, Aaron Jones is an animal. Guys, three rushing touchdowns for the second time this season. Great game and a great win for the Packers. Yeah, you know, and it, it never looked like it, right? I mean, they get that horrendous rough-in-the-passer call on Gerald McCoy right in front of Jerome Boger. I mean, just a horrendous call, right? I mean, he says he landed on top of him. I mean, it was really a bad call. I mean, Rodgers catches the flag, but look, they got the ball down there in the red zone, and they couldn't get it in the end zone. You know, they don't even block. They didn't even block a guy. The guy ran right through the A-gap and tackled him, you know. And so when you're two for four in the red zone and you're one for two on goal to go, you're going to come out a loser. I, I think the more relevant factor of this game was, you know, Green Bay is going to lose a critical game this year because their defense is going to be good enough. I mean, that that to me just is reinforced. I don't think Carolina is very good. Their offensive line is suspect. I thought Kyle Allen played well. Of course, another fumble. But for the most part, I mean, Rodgers is going to have to ca- they're going to have to carry it with their offense because I'm not sure they can do it. They get a red zone turnover. They stopped them on the goal to go. Hey, by the way, it, you know maybe I need to go back to Hofstra. But can someone fucking explain to me why you go for two when you're down by 14? On the first time. Can you explain this to me? Like, if Ron Rivera just kicks the extra goddamn point, right? And now he goes and scores a touchdown, he can kick the extra point, but he was needing two plays to just get the damn thing to overtime. Like, somebody explain this to me. Yeah, the amount of tweets and DMs that I got from people are going, hey, man, you got to get Lombardi going. Riverboat Ron does it again, going for two. Inexplicable. I mean, I don't understand it. Like, who came up with this theory? Like, what's wrong with overtime? 
Like, what's wrong with kicking field goals? Not like the clapper tonight, 57-yard field goal to open the drive up. I mean, that's real. You give that a lot of thought. I swear to God, I want someone to send me video clips of the clapper actually talking in his microphone when at the game. I mean, we all see him standing there. We got the mic on him, but he never talk. I never see him move his lips. No, he must be a ventriloquist. Who's the most famous ventriloquist? Eddie McCarthy? One of the McCarthy guy? Yeah, one of the McCarthy's. Not McCarthyism, but yes, one of the McCarthy's, yes. I mean, I don't get it. Like, why all of a sudden are we going for two? Like, who put like these analytical people they're like where are they coming from to say we should go for two we're down by 14 you know let's how about if we just keep playing the game how about if we just keep playing the game like why why do we have to try to win the game on one play later like you know it's like ridiculous like at some point just keep playing the freaking game well it gives you a better percentage to win the game really how about when we go over that when i get my ass fired can we go over that percentage of you know hey you know, I, I got my ass fired, but, you know, the percentages said I was like, this ain't baseball. Like, we're not going to substitute the right-handed pitcher for the right-handed fucking hitter. Like, it's tough enough. Yeah. But by the way, your best tweet, for, for those who are new listeners, the clapper is Jason Garrett, who's the Cowboys head coach. I should mention, Mike and I are taping this at halftime of the Cowboys game right now. And the funniest tweet you sent was after the Cowboys scored their first touchdown. You see Jason Garrett holding his index finger. And you said, yeah, that's right. Go for one. Excellent leadership. I love it when he puts that one finger up there. Somebody tweeted back. Somebody tweeted to me. I apologize for not remembering his name. He said, very Vince Lombardi-ish when he puts that one finger up there. I mean, it's comical, really. I mean, we could do a whole sitcom on him. I mean, what was that TV show back in the day with with uh, Craig T? Uh, oh, Craig T. Nelson, coach. Yeah, remember he was a coach at like Minnesota State. It looks like the Gophers. Congratulations for the Gophers, by the way, for beating Penn State. But Joe's team. Yeah, I mean, like, seriously, like, what does he bring to the game? Like, I just I don't know. Uh, but this whole going for two AD just drives me crazy. And, and I don't understand it. Riverboat Ron, like I get tactical, like I get it. You know, if you're the Miami Dolphins, but you know, this game cost you maybe cost you a playoff chance. It probably did. It cost you any because you lost to an NFC opponent. You know, you had a chance there, and you lost to it. You're not going to win the South, even though New Orleans lost. You're not going to win the South. So I, I just don't understand. The, the, there's not a sense of a long lens with this at all. And talk about a bad loss in this game. Kansas City, the return of Patrick Mahomes is spoiled against the Titans. Patrick Mahomes threw for 446 and three touchdowns. The Chiefs outgained the Titans 530 to 371. And yet they lost the football game. Joshua Kalu blocking a last-second field goal attempt as they beat the Chiefs 35-32. to Listen, I know Derrick Henry's a beast in a big game. But honestly, Mike, I, I can't tell myself the Chiefs are a real Super Bowl contender when you lose a game like this. When Mahomes puts up numbers like that, you can't beat the Titans? Well, look, look I mean, Tennessee had the ball for 22 minutes and 9 seconds. And they got 371 yards. There was a time I'm watching the game that literally it looked like the Titans were a Division One school. They were playing against some small school, right? They just blew the Chiefs off the ball, and Derrick Henry comes waltzing in there for like nine yards. I mean, they had the ball for 22 minutes. This Titans explosive offense, and they had 371 yards, and they scored the most points. I mean, they're now scoring points. I All apologies to Arthur Smith. Like, I've been ripping the Titans for not being able to, to manufacture any points, but all apologies go to them. I mean, seriously, they've been, since they went to Tannehill, this just shows you the indictment of Mariota. Since they went to Tannehill, they look like a decent football team offensively. And I thought they did a decent job defensively. They gave up way too many plays. I mean, the guy's sensational. I mean, the guy's just incredible. Coming off the knee, I like the Titans and the points on GM Street on Thursday, but I thought it would be a different kind of game than it ended up being. But wow. 
What what an ending. And then how about blocking the kick? I mean, my man Andy Reid, he can gain yards better than anybody, but yet he can't ever finish out the game. Kenny, he can never finish out the game. He actually called a pass on that third down play, and Mahomes took a sack on it. It was crazy. And 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 to further the point with the Titans, the fact that they're now five and five in that AFC South race. I mean, there's two parts of this. One, hey, they're still alive for playoff spot, but two, this is the real one to me, Mike. I imagine if they'd bench Mariota sooner. I imagine if they'd gone to Tannehill sooner, they'd be a lot better football team. I, and I completely agree with that. Like if they play this guy earlier in the season, they lose fourteen to seven to Buffalo and they get shut out by Denver. Here are their scores when they have him, right? They win 43-13 against Cleveland. He really didn't put up 43 points. He didn't lose to Indianapolis, score 17. Lose to Jacksonville, score 7. Come back and beat a bad Atlanta team and score 24, right? Then they come back and have their two weeks where they get 7 points. They lose to Buffalo, and they lose to Denver. Then they come back, and now they start this kid, and he scores 23 against the Chargers, 27 against Tampa. He scores 20 against Carolina, and then 35 today. I mean, seriously. And I was told this summer that the coaches really wanted to play Tannehill, but the front office was like so endeared with they had to give this Mariota one more look. And look, I'm not a big proponent of Tannehill, but he showed toughness. He showed a willingness to take a hit. He's thrown at 71% completion. He's averaged at 8.5 yards per attempt. He's got 104 quarterback rate. He gives them life. They're actually believing in him. I mean, they actually believe that he's a good player. I mean, it's way more. They have life. They might. They're going to be a force to reckon with in the South. They can move the football. I was going to say we'll talk later about potential playoff teams. You're right. The Titans five and five now in a tight AFC South race. They're a different team now with six games left to go. Speaking of bizarre world in the NFL, when you think about crazy wins this year, JP Marietta, my friend, tweeted this. You know, think about the Jets over the Cowboys, the Browns over the Ravens. And how about the Colts and the Dolphins? Ryan Fitzpatrick scoring an 11-yard run in the first half. The Dolphins' defense making a late stop. And the Colts lose at 16-12. Vinatieri missed another extra point. He's now 14-20 in that regard. And the Dolphins, they've won two straight. Their first win at Lucas Oil since 2013. I mean, how much more? They got? It wasn't his fault. I mean, Hoyer threw three picks. And the one pick in the end zone wasn't on Hoyer. It was a great play by the defensive player by Miami. I mean, it was an unbelievable play. It was incredible. Incredible. And really, Miami, typical again, they get in the third quarter. They score three points all year in the third quarter. They couldn't do anything. They get 229 yards in the whole game, right? And the Colts lose. I mean, because the Colts are one for five in the red zone. One for five in the red zone. That's why it cracks me up. All these teams that practice out in the field all the time. Like, if you just spend Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday practicing red zone, you'll be a better team. Just because you'll know the plays that are coming. you know. And if you can hold teams to field goals down there like they can – I mean, it's pretty impressive that they won this game. And all this bullshit, you know, I was watching, we had this conversation. I was watching ESPN one night, and they had Steve Young up there, they had Riddick, and they had Adam Schefter on the set. And and Riddick and Steve Young are just ripping the Dolphins before they play Pittsburgh for how inhumane it is to their players, and they're going to lose players, are going to get hurt, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, seriously? Like, are they watching the last three games? I mean, I was just saying today, I mean, Miami could have easily beaten Washington. They had Buffalo on the ropes, and now they've won two in a row. Yeah, this is not a team that's tanking right now, right? They're they're actually trying to win right now. They're trying to win. They're no good. I mean, let's be honest. They're no good, right? They're terrible. They almost got screwed. How about this? So they, in this game, Fitzpatrick takes a real hard hit, and so he goes off the field, 
And then when he comes back for the next drive, the official makes him go for a concussion protocol. Yeah, he was right? incensed, too. You saw him come out the field. He was oh. like, no, no, I'm fine. Like, leave me alone. And they had to put Josh Rosen. You know, he's not. it's not fair to Josh Rosen what they're doing to him. Just remember that. It's not fair. It's not, you know, he's a good player. It's not fair. So, <laughs> meanwhile, they, got, they end up having to make another long field goal. I mean, the field goal kicker is the, the MVP of the game. But look, I mean, the Colts are on the third string quarterback. I thought they would play much better with Hoyer today. I thought they'd throw the ball, but they have no speed on offense. They have no juice on offense. They can't separate from anybody. Miami was glued to them the whole game. They really couldn't make a play. Yeah, Hoyer picked off three times. Miami scores 13 points off those turnovers. It just shows what the Colts are without Jacoby Brissett, just a different football team. They really are. I mean, they, they and, and you know what happened with Jacoby? He doesn't turn the ball. He doesn't make a lot of plays. But he doesn't turn the ball over, and Hoyer turned the ball over. Right, and those turnovers just killed him. 13 points Miami scores off those turnovers. Speaking of upsets from this week, this is one of the craziest results. The Falcons stunned the Saints on the road. New Orleans couldn't even get a touchdown. Mike and I discuss that matchup after this. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Speaking of results you were not expecting, I mean, listen, on any given Sunday, anything can happen, I get that. But the Falcons' defense, with an inspired effort, they sacked Drew Brees six times. New Orleans didn't score a single touchdown. And maybe there's just something about division matchups here, Mike. Atlanta gets up for a game against New Orleans. They snap the Saints' six-game winning streak. Matt Ryan, 20-35 for 182 and a couple of touchdowns. But the Saints finish with just 310 yards. It's well below their average of 375. Is this really just divisional matchups? Because Atlanta certainly looked inspired out there. Dan Quinn was fired up. I mean, I, on VEASAN today, I was talking about, hey, I would take the Falcons in the 13-and-a-half because I thought the Falcons would backdoor cover. Right, I never thought the Falcons would be able to hold the Saints for three for twelve for third down and zero for three on fourth down. I mean, think about that. That's remarkable, right? I mean, this Falcon defense can't get any pressure on the quarterback. They had sixteen passes broken up the entire year. They can't even get their hands on the football, and yet they turned this thing around and they just stoned it. And I think the hard part is people think when you have a bye. 
people think that, you know, it gives you a chance, your team regroups. I think you lose your focus a little bit as a team. And I think that the Saints went away on their bye because you have to give the players four days off. They kind of read their press clippings. They thought everything was okay. They're coming to play a shitty team like Atlanta, you know, and it's not going to be that hard. And we'll just, and we'll turn it on whenever we need to. And, and they got themselves caught. In, and like you said, in a divisional game, these things really matter. I mean, I don't think people from the Northeast understand the rivalry between Atlanta and New Orleans. It goes back to when they were in the old NFC West. Remember when 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 the NFC West was Atlanta, New Orleans, San Francisco, and the Rams? How that was the West, I have no idea. But those were the four teams, right? <laughs> yeah. This is years ago, right? This is when I first started in the league. Atlanta was in the West. Was this like Chris Chandler days? What, what era is this? Yeah, it was yeah. way back. Yeah, Chandler, Steve Barkowski, they played in the West. I mean, they played San Francisco twice a year. This is a real rivalry, but that game is like a college game. There's a lot of, because the cities are so close to one another and it's such a Southern thing, it's a rivalry game. And I think obviously Atlanta played up and I mean, Dan Quinn, take your hat off to him. I mean, his defense finally showed up and played a decent game. Yeah, Sean Payton said last week, if you go back through the history of this matchup, regardless of records, it's always been a one-possession game or a score game over time or a field goal game, and I'm expecting the same thing this weekend. So he was not surprised necessarily by this result. And I wouldn't be necessarily concerned about the Saints either, Mike. I'm with you. I just think you come off a bye. It's a division game you lose. It doesn't give me pause necessarily about New Orleans. They just got beat. They got beat badly. Yeah, and I think it's like New England. I think this is the best thing that happens to them because Sean will be on a tangent. He'll go completely berserk. I mean, there's so much. I feel bad for who they play next week. I mean, I don't know who they have. I don't have the top of my head. But next week, they're going to play somebody, and it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be a challenging game for them because they're going to come in, and I think that they're obviously, you know, they're going to be ready to play that game and they got to play at a higher level. They play the Tampa Bay Bucks down in Tampa. That's another one of those that always give the Saints a lot of trouble. Going into Tampa Bay, now, I think this week – Sean's got their team's full attention, and he'll be able to get them. But you got to take your head off to Atlanta. They fought the whole game. They fought in there, and they did a great job. Yeah, Sean Payton's going to be like Alec Baldwin and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. The good news is you're fired, right? Have yeah. I got your attention now? Yeah. If, what, remember third prize? <laughs> third prize is you're fired. <laughs> third prize is you're fired. Second prize is a set of steak knives. <laughs> <laughs> he holds up the steak knives. It's so good. The steak knives, yeah. You know. I drove here in a BMW. You drove here in a Honda. You know, that's one of the great scenes of anybody who's listening to this podcast. You should go to YouTube and just YouTube Glengarry Gen Ross, Alec Baldwin scene. I mean, there's some incredible Alan Arkins in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jack Lanham's up. Put that coffee down. Coffee is for closers. It's the best. Oh, yeah. ABC. Always be closing. (laughs) Always be closing. And unfortunately, the Saints weren't closing. They were always not closing. Yeah. And speaking of closing, here's one I'm shocked by, just how good they're playing as a team. Not necessarily by the result, because I think you and I both think the Rams are kind of you know up and down. But the fact that the Steelers are on a run. They've won four games in a row. They forced four turnovers. What's gotten into Minka Fitzpatrick? Back-to-back weeks, he's had a huge play. This time, a 43-yard fumble return for a touchdown. They win ugly, 17-12 as they beat the Rams. Now, by the way, good luck to L.A. trying to chase down Seattle and San Fran, NFC West. Goff was just 22 of 40, 243 yards, zero, zero completions of Cooper Cup as the Rams went one of 14 on third downs. You mentioned New Orleans on third down. How about one of 14 on third down for the Rams as the Steelers come up big? 
How would you like to be flying home tonight on that airplane for the Rams and knowing you just gave Jared Goff 180 millions and you can't block anybody with your offensive front? Like your best player, Andrew Whitworth, just got his ass kicked in the game. I mean, I, I mean, look, I, I thought the Steelers should have lottery protected the Micah Fitzpatrick pick. I thought it was not going to be worked out. The guy's a ball hawk for some reason. I mean, it's just whether it's, it's serendipitous or whatever it is, but the ball just seems to come around the kid. I mean, and some of the plays he made, and look, I don't give a crap what anybody tells me. If you think golf is going to win you a Super Bowl, you better think really a long time because that shit ain't going to happen. And that offensive line is bad, bad, bad. And all the magic around Sean McVay is coming out because he can't hide. Everybody knows what's going on. They all know. And without Brandon Cooks in the game, there's no threat to go down the field. There's no threat that you're worried about who's going to make a big-time play on you. And I think that's the real issue. I think they can't block up front. They're stuck in the salary cap. They got so many top heavy players. Blake Bortles made an appearance, by the way, today. Did you know that? Yeah, exactly. Shocking. <laughs> so good. But this is a bigger issue here. You go into Pittsburgh, you're a four point favorite. Everybody, you know, we talked about it this week. The line was almost, it trapped you into thinking you should go there. Today, when I did VEASAN, almost 85% of the money on the Rams. So the reason why they build those towers like the Borgata Hotel and the Sands and all that is because of this. It is unbelievable. It's I mean, it's unbelievable, right? And I and I don't what drives me crazy is I watch Pittsburgh and I'm like, how are they winning? I think Mason Rudolph is atrocious. I don't even think he's good. I think we make excuses for him. Like I just don't even think he's very good. And yet he ends up twenty two for thirty eight for two forty two. You know, I mean, James Washington has six for 90. I mean, James Washington, and he fumbled one play. I mean, they were getting ready to go in and score again. Is it coaching then? Is it Mike Tomlin? Is it good I think defense? Mike, you know, Mike Tomlin takes a lot of shit. You know, I think he's one of the great press oh, yeah. conference guys of all time. I think he's one of the great motivators. I mean, he's pay-per-view at a press conference. I mean, he's got some of the best lines of all time. He's going to be one of the greatest podcasters ever, right? I mean, he's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you got to give the guy credit. I mean, what he's doing is he's winning with his defense. He felt like... Like Fitzpatrick was a missing link he had to have. He got that in the back end. They're playing zone. They're rush up front. They don't even have Stephon Truitt in their defensive front. They're attacking people with their front. I mean, to beat the Rams like this, it's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. I mean, if you're the Rams, you're going home tonight saying, wait a minute, we got 180, whatever we paid this guy, and we lost? And by the way, that trade for Jalen Ramsey looks even worse now, right? Because you put all your chips to the table. You said you were a Super Bowl contender. Guess what? You're not wearing the division this year. Yeah, you're, you've licked the cookies. You're, you went all in. You think you got a great hand, and you're licking the cookies, and they know you don't have a hand. Brutal. And now, speaking of delusional, we present the quote of the week, courtesy of Ryan Pace, who is still starting his car with one leg out the car door. Chicago Bears GM on Mitch Trubisky via WBBM News Radio. Other young quarterbacks around the league are going through it. The same thing. Honestly, we're proud of the way Mitch is handling it. You see it within games right now. You saw it in Philly. It was really a tale of two halves. The Bears beat Detroit 20-13, to and Ryan Pace feels vindicated. To quote Frank Pantangeli of Frankie 5 8, lies, 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 <laughs> lies, lies, lies. They're all lies. Sure. I mean, seriously. I mean, is this guy delusional? If you're a Bears fan, don't you feel like completely depressed when you read, the, when you read this? I think so. First of all, today, I mean, if they're playing anybody else other than Jeff Driscoll, and look, let me tell you something. They got their asses luckier and shit to win this game. I mean, Jeff Driscoll's throwing the ball in the end zone to send the game into overtime. I mean, they got a chance to win this game. 
I mean, Trubisky throws 23 times for a buck 73, sacked five times. And I, look, I called it. I said he was going to have a good game against them. He got three touchdown passes, no interceptions. I mean, they got basically 81 yards rushing and 173 passing. And they barely could do anything. They were horrendous on third down. They can't throw the ball down the field, right? They were two for 12 on third down, and they won the game. And Pace is actually thinking he's doing good. This is, if Matthew Stafford plays in this game, I mean, the way the Bears, def- the Bears defense couldn't put any pressure on the passer. I mean, it was really bad. I watched this whole game. They had a hard time really putting pressure on Driscoll. Driscoll moved around a little bit. He got sacked twice in the game. But for the most part, I mean, you know, they really didn't. And, and on the two-minute drive, they had a chance going down the field. He couldn't do it. It was unbelievable. Like, at some point, when does Pace have an honest conversation? Like, you're, what are you watching? What young player is doing what Trubisky's doing? Like, nobody has a lower rating than he has. Like, tell me what young quarterbacks do, the ones who aren't playing? Yeah. It's literally like, you know, when you know you've made a mistake, but you have that one opportunity that you feel like you can boast a little bit. That's what Pace is doing. Like, hey, Trubisky played well today. Even though, as you pointed out, Detroit secondary is so porous, they did not have their starting quarterback. Like this, this was a victory that was gift wrapped to you. It's almost should be like half a win rather than a full win for Trubisky. Yeah, no, I mean, exactly. It was one of those. If you don't take this one, you're never going to get one. And I, and I think this, there's this thing, and I'm going to write about it on the Daily Coach this week. And I, I think people don't really understand it at all. It's called the endowment effect. And, and what it means is the endowment effect is simply since I own it, it's worth way more to me than it is to anybody else. Okay. So it's a next step of confirmation bias. So since I've owned it, right? Like if I have a car and it's my car, I'm not trading it in because I own it. It's like, it's an endowment effect. I have it. And this is what he's doing. It's the next step after confirmation bias. Okay. I own it. So therefore it's got to be good. And he won't admit it. And Ted Phillips, if you're the president of the team, you got to do something to step in. This guy's delusional. You might want to call a couple of people in Vienna and say, Hey, I think we ought to come over here and talk to this kid. He's not watching the same thing we're watching. He's completely delusional. I mean, he's New York giant delusional. This is where you get to. This, he's New York Giant delusional. Yeah, speaking of Battle New York today, how bad a game was I mean, Jets, Giants, dude, just horrible teams. Like, just a tough, tough. I think, you know, the Giants have sunk to levels that I, I truly think the Giants have gotten to the same point that Jed York got to in San Francisco when it got that bad out there for him. And he said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I can't try to mask it. I'm going to have to change completely and get back to get let somebody come in here, somebody new, somebody come in here and help me run this because this shit ain't going to work. Here's what happens for anybody listening to this. Here's what happens when you lie to yourself. When you lie that you think Eli's good for two years and you convince yourself you, you can build your team around, you're lying to yourself. So they're two years behind in their whole rebuilding program, and it started with Eli. And now, you know, they draft Barkley, the second pick, because he's the greatest player in the history of the football because he went to Penn State, right? And Barkley's a dynamic running back. I think he had one yard today. I think he had one yard total, 13 carries for one yard today against the New York Jets, right? And the play that cost them the game was, and I've been saying this for forever now, the kid cannot pass protect. And what happens is when you can't pass protect, the defensive coordinators in the NFL see it. He's in the game. We're blitzing his ass. It isn't he's in the game. We're scared he's going to catch a pass. He's in the game. We're blitzing him because only good things can happen when we blitz him. If we blitz him and it's a run, we run right into the blitz. If we blitz him and it's a pass, he can't block any of us. So he doesn't block Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams just tosses him around, bitch slaps him, steals the ball from, from Danny Dimes and runs into the end zone. 
I mean, seriously, that's exactly what happens. And once that shit goes on tape, see, this happened three weeks ago against the Lions. He almost got Danny Dimes killed, and all of a sudden it's on tape now. You can't dispute it. People were like, well, he's not completely healthy. No, no, it has nothing to do with your health. It has everything to do with he can't pass protect. Can he get it better? Maybe he can. But right now, they can't put him out there because they know when they put him on the field, people know it's a run or a screen because nobody, the quarterback doesn't want him. If he was on that field with Brady, you know what Brady would have done? Saquon, you want you can go back off to the sideline now. We're not snapping this ball with you out here if I got to throw a pass. Seriously, well, I'm not going to snap the ball with you out here. I'm not going to get myself killed. Yeah, I remember you told me that way back, I think, in April. You were like, that's the key when it comes to running backs. Can you pass protect? If you can't pass protect, I don't give a damn how well you can run. you got to be able to protect the quarterback. We're going to talk more about the Giants as we give out the weekly awards. And coming up next, Mike was 23-12-1 against the spread going into the week. How's he doing now? We'll tell you that, plus the awards next. All right, Mike, you were 23-12-1 going into the week. How are we looking right now? Well, we're 2-0. and Thank you very much, Mitchell Trubisky. I was on your bandwagon this week. God bless you. You looked tremendous with your 173 five-sack game. You came through for me. And then, of course, the Tennessee Titans. I'm proud of that one. I thought that was a good pick. I thought those two. Um, right now, the Cowboys are up by a point with about seven minutes to go in the in the game. I'm a little worried about this one, and I got Seattle next week. So I'm 25-12-1, not counting this game right now. So things are moving along pretty good. We're doing good. Yeah. I mean, I think the power ratings have been the best thing that I've done, and I think I'm fine-tuning them. When I go through my power rankings, and I did it this week, I would have lost the Buck game by a point, and I had Chicago-Green Bay. I had Baltimore, plus 13. That the line should have moved up there, and probably that's the only one. Tampa Bay is the only one I really didn't have because I had the Jets going. So the power ratings are doing a pretty good job for you because I think it's important that you don't pick games, you eliminate games. Like, I don't want to bet that game. Like, everybody wanted to bet the Rams-Pittsburgh, right? Everybody wanted to bet that game when it really wasn't a game to bet. That was a, that was a trap game, and you fall in those traps. Same thing with Tennessee. Tennessee only had 23% of the money was on them going into today. That's never a game you want to bet. You don't want to be on the public side of bets. You want to be on the sharp side of bets. And speaking of elimination, we discussed this in the past. Which teams have eliminated themselves from the playoffs already? So obviously the Battle of the New York, Giants and Jets, they're obviously there. Even though Sam Darnold's after the game, the Jets are still alive for the playoffs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> God bless them. Bears, Chargers, Tennessee, Miami, Denver, Washington, Atlanta, Cincinnati, God, they looked awful against the Ravens. I mean, what do you do? Let's just take a second and breathe. I, nobody cares about the Bengals, but I do. Like, how does Zach Taylor keep his job? Like, how does Zach, A, how does Zach Taylor get a job? And B, how does Zach Taylor keep his job? Oh. Like, Lamar was just, Lamar today <laughs> looked like Lamar at Louisville. Yeah. I mean, it was sensational. He looked like, I mean, I've seen every Louisville game that he played because my son was there. So, I mean, I've seen this movie before against Virginia. I've seen it against other people, Boston College. People can't tackle him in the open field. And he's a better thrower than people give him credit for, especially on deep throws. And, I mean, what he's done for Baltimore is beyond belief. I mean, what he's done is remarkable. Yeah, that one spin movie he had today, I was like, every kid in the playground is imitating that tomorrow. They want to be Lamar. He's in the MVP conversation now. Arizona, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Browns, and Detroit. I was going to say maybe we should put Carolina back in the playoff mix, but the fact they lost the Packers, that's a tough loss. Yeah, I, I think that is. And I, and I think the other thing is I do think that even though the Browns think they got Pittsburgh this week so they could get back, I, I just 
to me, I didn't see the the Browns. That was an ugly, ugly win for them. Yeah, not not confidence inspiring enough to still have them on the outside looking in, which gets us to so those teams are out. Here's who is making the playoffs. Let's do the AFC first. So New England, Baltimore, as you mentioned, Lamar Jackson, sensational today. KC. I'm a little skittish as far as proclaiming them uh, being able to be AFC. Oh, look, look I, I think what we learned today is KC ain't getting a home game. Now, right. Mahomes is going to have to do it on the road, and he might be able to do it, but that defense is terrible. Yeah. I mean, let's just be real honest here. That defense is just terrible. Yeah. They're, they're not a team that can go all the way, right? We've seen that now. They're a fun team no. to watch. They're exciting, but this is like a 10 and 6, and they could go out in the first round. I mean, they just don't, they can't ever get control of the game. They never can feel like they're going to be able to stop anybody. And even and at home, I mean, the way, when you watch this game, the way they got blown off the ball by the Tennessee offensive line is just, it's just, it's hard to watch. And when you get up 370 yards in 22 minutes you got issues new england baltimore casey houston i'll have as my division champions that means buffalo despite the bad loss the browns and how about this you got to pick one of this muck one of these three five and four teams pittsburgh oakland indianapolis i will go with the colts but i do so uh quick to change my mind a week from now if things change how about for you mike reluctantly yeah well you know i mean oakland oakland has cincinnati next week at home i think they play cincinnati at home I and mean, there's another win for them i'm gonna go pittsburgh just because i can't believe it right i can't believe pittsburgh's defense is playing at a level that's really challenging and they're going to beat up on a bad browns offensive line now i don't know how they score points i really don't i have no idea how they score any points but i mean for some reason they've been able to win these games. I mean, they had no business beating indianapolis they should not have beaten the rams I think the question with the Rams are, are they really, we think the Rams are the Rams of old, but they're really not. The Rams aren't as good as we think they are. Yeah, they're definitely, I think, more pretender than contender. As we go to the NFC, I'm going to go, listen, the no-brainers are San Francisco, Green Bay, big win today at home, New Orleans despite the loss. I'm going to go with the Eagles at 5-4, and four, although as you mentioned earlier, we're, we're taping right now, the Cowboys, they might win this game, it's crazy. And then the wild card, Seattle, Minnesota. That means, Mike, for me, I've got Dallas, L.A., and Carolina all missing the playoffs. Three teams. If you asked me a few weeks ago, more people would have thought they were likely to make the playoffs. Look, Dallas just gave up another touchdown. I mean, the, the Vikings are running through the Dallas Cowboys like they're Texas Tech. It isn't like they're Dallas. They're like Texas. I mean, they're playing no defense whatsoever tonight. They're getting their asses hammered to them. It's gonna, I, I think the Eagles win the East. I really do. The way the Cowboys are giving up yards here left and right, it's going to take a miracle by Dak Prescott to get them back. I don't think the Rams make it either. I don't. I don't think the Rams make it. I think the Vikings will make it over the Rams. I don't think the Rams will make it. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. All right, let's get to some awards here. I want to go further to the point you're making about the Giants. You're putting them on the lamb. Look, I think the Giants, I think if you're John Mara, you really have to have a conversation with yourself. You know, you know the last five years, you've only, you're, you rank 26th in the league in wins. You've had one winning season in the last five years, right? You, you, you should go in an office with a whiteboard and just start writing shit down on a whiteboard. Why? Why is this happening? You've run out of excuses. It's not the players around Eli are good. Eli can still play. Like, you just lost to a team in New York that basically got the shit kicked out of them for an entire week, right? <laughs> you just you just lost to a team. Like, to me, this is a level you've sunk to that I don't think you could you ever thought you could get to. This is back to Joe Pizarczyk level. And Joe Pizarczyk was the quarterback when the Giants lost the, the, the Meadowlands, the fumble in the Meadowlands. You know, I mean, this is really bad. And I think if you're John Mara and you're serious about wanting to build a winning team, I think you have to really evaluate your organization and say, you know what? We might need to really re reboot. And that's what I said on Thursday. I think that he loves Bill Belichick, rightly so. Now, remember, this New York football giant team, 
They've had some of the greatest coaches. You know, we kid the, the Redskins for having Sean McVay and having Kyle Shanahan. But this New York Giant team had Tom Landry. Vince Lombardi. It had Vince Lombardi. You know, it had Sean Payton, right? It had Bill Belichick. I mean, it had some great coaches. And they let them all go. And I think they need to revisit it. Are they committed to going another year with Pat Shermer coaching the quarterback? Are they committed to going another year with this scheme? Are they committed to going another year with Dave Gettleman running the draft? Now, for them to fire Gettleman, it would be firing themselves. Because Gettleman comes in, and they Gettleman's going to be one of the guys with them. Gettleman didn't change anything. It's their program, right? So Chris Marrott, John's brother, has a voice. All the old-time scouts have voices. They didn't change anything. And if you're John Marin, you're running the team, and this is corporate America, you got to really say to yourself, hey, I've got to make some changes. I've got to fix this thing like Jed York fixed it back in San Francisco. I'm going to fire, I'm going to hire somebody, give him complete control of the organization, and let him build it in the model. I think he's got to make one phone call. I think he's got to try to hire Josh McDaniels because that saves his quarterback and it might save his franchise. Let's hope the Giants are listening and paying attention because you're right. There's nothing worse than the self-delusion. Fred Palermo Award, best game plan going into the week. How about the Miami Dolphins on a win streak? Unbelievable, right? They come off that big win the other night, and they come back, and they really dupe in. I mean, they did, they all they did was they've avoided losing. Even though Fitzy turned one over, they avoided losing. That's so compelling in the NFL. It's easy to say, but not a lot of people do it. Like, not a lot of people understand how to do it. Like, how do you avoid losing? You don't turn the ball over. You punt when you have to punt. You make your field goals. You don't give them any of those cheap plays. And I think you got to give them credit. I mean, it was really a hell of a win. Yeah, and I was just going to interject. Remember all this talk about Tank for Tua? Just a quick thought here. LSU-Alabama. Talk about living up to the hype. That game was unbelievable. 46-41. LSU wins it. Ed Orgeron finally does it. Maybe Joe Burrow will be that first quarterback taken. Oh, I think there's no doubt. Joe Burrow was the best player on the field. Let's be real honest. He was the best player on the field. Look, there's a lot of great players on that field, but Joe Burrow won that game because he was able to make plays with his feet, make plays with his arm, and make plays with his mind. He won that game there. And and I think that, that he clearly signifies he's the first pick of the draft. And I think the Bengals, who have the first pick of the draft, Ryan Finley wasn't very, very good. You know, to get a kid from Ohio to play in your team, I think it's something to consider. I really think the Bengals have to reconsider where they are. They went after the Sean McVay model. Maybe they want to reconsider that one. Go Tigers. Uh, KGB award, the team that got duped this week, the New Orleans Saints. Just a oh, No doubt, ugly. right? They got And Sean knew it, too. I mean, Sean predicted it, right? Don't you hate that as a coach when you know this is coming down the road and you can't do anything to avoid it? You can't get your players full attention? You can't get them. And this is really comes back on the leadership of the team. You've, you know, and it's not, it's just problematic. I mean, this is what happens. And you got to try to get your team to play at a higher level. And you know it's coming. And there's nothing you can do about it. The why do we win? Why do we lose? Pittsburgh wins thanks to turnovers and Casey loses. Stop if you've heard this before for Andy Reid game management. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, it's you just every time you wonder when they're going to figure it out. I mean, the field goal. That gets. Can you ever see the field goal that gets an intentional grounding? I mean, seriously, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy, right? It's just insane. And I mean, they, you know, the whole play selection with him. And, and you know, look, this happens before. You gain. You know, it's one thing you gain all these yards. You know, it's like the goal isn't to gain yards. The goal is to win the game. And yet, the Chiefs are going to walk around here saying, you know what? How did we lose? We should have never lost that game. We had all these yards. Well, that's what that's what always happens to the Chiefs. Keep saying it. This is the best one of the week. If you don't know, now you know. 
The Rams' offensive line just sucks. I mean, let's face it, they suck. They put all this money into this. They're de- you talk about delusional. They're delusional. Their offensive line is terrible. They got the shit kicked out of them today. Poor Jared Goff. You know, you want to talk about a guy who took a beat. Now, one thing we know about Goff, Goff don't like getting hit now. I mean, Goff wants you to count the five Mississippi. He don't want you to hit them now. He wants to be able to sit back there, check the runners at first and third, and then go from there. He don't want you to hit them. <laughs> I mean, he don't want you to hit him. He wants you to. He wants time to throw it and then get it down the field. Who is courageous? Who is desperate? Desperate are now the Rams at five and four, and courageous the Steelers also five and four, but riding a four game win streak. Aren't these two teams in different directions? Right, one's desperate, one's courageous. I mean, look, the Rams have the Bears this week. Now, look, you know, if they don't play good against the Bears. Because the Bears ain't the Bears, right? The Bears aren't the – but either are the Rams, right? These are two ex-boxers that are on the second circuit trying to get back to the main fight again. And so, I mean, it's one of those things where the problems that the Rams have, they can't fix. Because when they play against a good defensive front like New Orleans or they play against a good defensive front like like Minnesota or like Philly, when Philly's going to play outdoors and they can't play in the confines of their own home, it's going to be a problem. And lastly, Monday Night Football is a beauty. 7-2 Seahawks against the unbeaten 8-0 San Francisco 49ers. I can't wait for this football game. Either can I. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be great. I'm looking forward to see what Russell Wilson does. You know, without George Kittle, I worry about the 49ers, but their defensive front's really good. I'll take MVP in six points anytime I get it. Once again, follow us on Instagram, at the GM Shuffle. One of the thoughts about the Niners, their defense, man, they're averaging under 12 points per game. So a great matchup there to see Wilson against that D. We will talk more football on Thursday when the GM Shuffle returns on Thursday. And you see this watch? This watch costs more than your car. (laughs) Always be closing.